0: Hello, everyone. My name is Alexa Fouch and you're listening to MedCurity Live. With me today, I have guest Daniel Schwartz, president of Design IT Solutions. Thank you so much for joining me today, Daniel.
1: Not a problem.
0: So today we'll be talking about ransomware and cybersecurity, what it is and how to prevent it. For our first question, we simply are asking, what is ransomware?
1: Sure. So... People have heard of viruses before. You know, a virus is something that infects your computer. Well, ransomware takes it a step further. So you get infected with whatever virus, and then what it does is it goes through and searches your computer that you're connected to, then any network devices it can connect to or USB devices you have plugged in, and it's looking for files. And what it does is it runs an encryption against all of those files and encrypts them and then it holds the key and holds your data ransom. So you have to pay to get a key to decrypt all those files that have now been encrypted. And that's why it's called
0: ransomware. And what would you say is the average cost for ransomware? And how are hospitals or clinics expected to pay for that?
1: Yeah, so ransomware it really varies. Typically, it's at least one Bitcoin up to 10 bitcoins for the average, you know, small business or whatnot. But as you get into healthcare recently, we helped hospital avoid paying $60 million in ransom because they had 300 servers encrypted along with backups. Um, and, and so it was, I mean, it was a bad deal for them and they could have paid $60 million, gotten a key that may have restored their data. Or they just had to go a little bit of time while we tried to work through and restore everything. So the cost can be astronomical. And so in order to be able to pay for it, well, you know, that, that's tough. It's not an operating expense. You typically have a line item for in your capital budget. So what we do, the best way to pay for it is ahead of time by putting in good security measures to keep that ransomware out. That's a line item you can afford, and that's what we recommend. We go through a whole audit, assessment, and then there's some cost to it for sure, but we put a a really good security barrier around your data and training. One of the cheapest things you can do, typically free, is train your employees, but we'll get to that in a little bit.
0: Yeah, I was actually gonna say, we can jump to that question right now, because the third question, was how can you avoid ransomware attacks? So you were saying that you can put a little bit of investment into some security precautions and then you can also go into training. So why don't you uh, dive a little bit deeper into that?
1: Yeah, there's several things you can do. You know, of course there's a really robust firewall. You want a next gen firewall. Next gen's not a brand, it's a technology. And it has to do with the state. It's actively scanning, looking for viruses. It's not just the old stateful firewalls that said, you went to this site, so that site can send packets back to you. It, it's a it's an almost artificial intelligence, but it's very smart and looking for patterns of traffic that would kind of be symptomatic of an attack, ransom, so, you know, something going, an anomaly on your network. So you want good devices like that, and you want layering. So you want spam filters that help to keep the the phishing attempts and ransomware is spread somewhere near eighty percent. through email or a website or social media so keeping those email phishing attempts out is a huge savings to the employees but you know so you put in you put in a spam filter you put in a good firewall you put in DNS layer filtering antivirus on your computer you put all these things that are layers of security to try and protect your data but the probably most cost effective and biggest return is training your staff. And like I said, that could be free. Just using tools to sit down and when you have a staff meeting, monthly or quarterly, you just review hey, don't open emails at work that aren't from work related interactions. Don't check personal email on work computers. Keep that on your phone, off the network, you know, on a guest network, do it at home, whatever. Use the appropriate use policy, which is something that a company has to make sure that users are using the computers appropriately and for work. Uh, Review that with them. Go over safety tips. Just making sure you do staff training, regular, and do prizes. Do, hey, we're going to do a questionnaire. We're going to break into groups. We're going to have you answer these questions. It may get boring and old, but pounding that in over and over again use the computer appropriately, don't click on links. Nobody's, you know, FedEx doesn't send you a document to open with a tracking number. They send you a link to FedEx on the URLs you get where you can click on a hyperlink in an email. If you hover your mouse over it, it pops up the actual address. Scammers will make it read first, you know, the the one you click on will say fedex.com, but if you hover over it and it pops up to some random name or IP, you know, bunch of numbers and digits, it's fake. And, and it's a scam. So that's one, you know, just education. Knowing that this is how you spot a fake email. This is how you look. Understanding the the human element of social engineering, where the majority of hacks are actually very low tech and high social interaction. The ability to get to know somebody. People are very trusting in the IT world. You know, they're like, "You guys don't trust anybody." Well. <laughs> it's not that we don't want to, It's that's our job. We don't yeah. trust anybody for good reason. So helping people understand that the bad guys aren't just trying to type a whole bunch of code and get into your computer. They're going to call you. They're going to get you to click on a link, go to a website. We had one customer call us. They had Microsoft on the phone. No, they didn't, they didn't have Microsoft on the phone, but they would have gone to the site. Luckily, they thought, no, I better check with my IT. They usually handle all this stuff. So, that user training is so important for mm-hmm. what, you know, stopping things like ransomware.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, you would think that nowadays we'd be a little bit more aware of it because of how many years we've been dealing with spam on personal emails. And I, you know, but it's kind of interesting because in the retrospect of how long we've had computers and emails, it really hasn't been that long. So we're still very trusting and we, you know, we're constantly opening emails all the time. And it's that floodgate of information. And then after a while you get kind of, I don't want to say lazy, but you just, I don't know, you get used to constantly opening emails from a bunch of different senders. So why not trust this person? <clears throat> you know, like right. you're constantly going, you know, you're surfing the web, you'll get ads from certain places. So it's not, it doesn't mean it's illegitimate, but then it can be, you know, kind of, snuck in with legitimate looking type emails, right. and then you get, you know, sucked in. So. Well,
1: especially right now with all the COVID-19 emails, and especially in healthcare,
0: there's mm-hmm. so much
1: information about PPE, about what the next round, or, you know, what do we think the virus is mutating towards? What are you looking for? What, mm-hmm. what should you do in your practice to keep your, you know, your practitioners, your nurses, your doctors, your providers, whoever safe, what, what precautions are other clinics doing? There's so much data being spread, so much information okay. being spread right now that's legitimate via email, That it's, that's one of the things hackers are doing right now. They're sending healthcare providers emails that look like they could be coming from their state, from the health department, from another clinic down the street. They're doing the research to know your geographic location, what you, you know, entities you may be a part of, like the WSMGMA or the Greater MGMA partnership, whatever. And then they're sending emails to look like they're coming from those organizations, whether it's your local health department down the street or the state level health department, whatever, they're they're spoofing those emails, hoping you'll click on that PDF they attached because they are sending PDFs, you know, with diagnostic information and whatnot in it. Looking at the actual sender to see, is that domain correct? Mm
0: -hmm. Is that
1: really somebody, you know, that's sending it? And then just a pause to look and say, oh, is this legitimate? And and instead of opening the PDF, copying it to your desktop and right-clicking and scanning with your antivirus agent Mm -hmm. so that hopefully it can detect that there's macro or malware in there and stop you from getting it. So healthcare right now is a huge target for all kinds of ransomware because mm-hmm. not only not only is like hospitals their risk right now is huge because of the capacity that they're running at with beds and whatnot. Yeah. If if all of a sudden their EMRs went offline from a ransomware attack, um, yeah, they know they're gonna pay the ransom as opposed to deal with it or maybe go for backups, but they know they're you know, they're always a high target because, you know, uh, PHI is is great value to hackers. Um, but right now, the necessity for hospitals and those beds and those EMRs being online is so critical that yeah. the higher factor of thinking they may just pay the ransom than rather deal with trying to get backups and whatnot going.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a great way to think about it because a lot of people are starting to feel that, you know, there's been a lot of talk right now about HIPAA and how is it changing? Do we even, you know, need HIPAA right now because we need to be more transparent about our health status as individuals and as patients? But like you said, like PHI is not only about protecting personal health information, but it's about understanding and uh, being knowledgeable about all of your patients' health status. You know, you have that aspect of keeping it private and confidential for the patient's sake, but also as a healthcare provider, you need to be aware. And if you lost that information, I mean, the hospital would become, it would be pandemonium, you know? I mean, it would be insane. And especially in a time when you need to be uh, knowledgeable about every single one of your patients and their health status. And if you lost that information, criminals know that they're in a very vulnerable position. And that was... um, That was one of the questions that I had for you really was, how are healthcare organizations more susceptible during this pandemic? And obviously, they really are just because criminals know that they're in that vulnerable position where they have to stay on top of things all the time and keep that patient health information protected in a different sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, HIPAA, all those guidelines need to be fresh in everybody's mind for keeping Mm -hmm. patient data. And it goes back to training again. Just keeping users under the understanding that extra precautions. Take a pause mm-hmm. and think. What do I? I don't know any Saudi princes offering me <laughs> money, so I'm going to skip this email for now. Yeah, I know,
0: yeah. I know it
1: for, I know yeah. Michael Scott invested in that in the office, and it didn't pan yeah. out. Home, so,
0: yeah, but, it, it, it is interesting because, um, like I mentioned, like HIPAA has changed a bit. But it really hasn't as changed as people as much as people think that it has. Right. Just it's a different perspective on it because now we are having to be more aware of everyone's health status. But that doesn't mean that you're not protecting health information. It, it's just it's just a little bit different, and you still have to be really vigilant about cybersecurity attacks. So that kind of leads me to my last question, which is, what do you think is the biggest cybersecurity threat to the healthcare organization as a result of COVID-19? And how do you see that changing the future of medical security? So I think we kind of talked about that a bit with, you know, when you're running at full capacity in the hospitals, if you lost all that PHI, you know, it would everything would go crazy and th- so those kinds of things but kind of thinking down the road obviously the entire world structure has changed right now the education system the economy how we make money we're all working from home and-, and COVID-19 has changed a lot of things but in relation to cybersecurity, how do you see that kind of panning out in the future I know that's a very broad question if you need me to like narrow it down a bit or
1: no no I, I mean looking at all of it from the sky view, zooming in a little bit. Right now, healthcare is very susceptible because they're making changes on the fly to be able to run with all of the COVID requirements. You know, telehealth is now allowed for everything with all different platforms where it wouldn't before. So keeping your passwords safe, making sure people can't listen in on your telehealth. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, things that were rushed into place without all the proper security barriers put in place. So staying true to that training of the appropriate use, keeping your, your data safe by knowing people are after it and being conscious from that perspective when you're working on things, Hey does this open something up? I can't share my desktop with a patient because they could see other patients' information. And that, that's just mm-hmm. a minor HIPAA violation as far as, well, no HIPAA violations minor, but I mean, minor in the sense that you're not losing an entire data set. Yeah. There's
0: different levels. <laughs> yes,
1: there's a scale of severity. So again, the COVID pandemic has allowed hackers to a whole new... Ball game to play with yeah. n- the rules aren't defined yet. So, we're seeing, like I said, all those phishing attempts with COVID information that's fake or a virus. We're seeing telehealth providers using unsecure Wi Fi or unsecure networks to do video conferences like this with patients, with other people being able to hear and see. And again, to scale that affects that one patient or maybe a couple patients. But, you know, Zoom had a breach and people can, yeah. so keeping your software up to date, especially if you're working from home, don't use home computers right now. Make sure you use a work computer to VPN in and keep that data encrypted always, you know, so that you're safe. Don't take PHI off the corporate network, home with you. It needs to stay there. You need to remote in to access it. All these things because they're in such flux with the pandemic and people trying to work remotely, all these things are kind of being glossed over. And that's going yeah. to open the practices up to compromise and hackers getting in. So the biggest thing is pause. I know it's crazy and think about security and that appropriate use policy doesn't change just because you're not working at your desk in the office. Same principles apply. We need to be paying attention that we're not letting okay. somebody social engineer you into getting access to all your data.
0: Yeah. And like you mentioned, everything changed so quickly from businesses being open to everything being closed. And that happened to hospitals and clinics, obviously like smaller clinics and hospitals are more like private practices, but for hospitals, whereas everything closed down, they were all of a sudden flooded with all these new patients. And then they had to deal with fast tracking telehealth and fast tracking working from home and when that happens you run into a lot of technical problems but they were more concerned obviously with caring for patients than with dealing with the security side of things and now that we've been in this pandemic for a while nothing has subsided on the sense of like things aren't as crazy now they are still very crazy and fast paced but at least we've been in it long enough to kind of take a step back take a pause like you mentioned and take a look at everything and say okay now we know what we're dealing with we've been in this for a while and now we can take a look again at our security systems and make sure that we do something now and before it gets too late and before we're going to regret not having done something now right. so yeah yeah really really valuable information and i think that a lot of people are hearing A lot of different things from so many different medical professionals, both, you know, in the IT field and then in the medical field itself. And it can be so overwhelming to take in so much information. You know, if you're in the healthcare field, you're dealing with fighting the pandemic itself. And then thinking about security is just like, yeah, that's too much to think about right now. I'm trying to like save thousands of lives, but it's all as important. And I think the thing that people can take in is it's manageable. You can do it. You just have to take a breath, take a pause and yep. take some time to, to look at it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Daniel. I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too.